Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Jared Welcome Van Heesen, we are here to become podcast. better habitat managers. The podcast What's going on, everybody? Habitat it is. Strategy and Let's see, January 11th. And now, your host, down to the Jared Van Heesen. So this episode is just Welcome me to the flying habitat solo. Podcast. I'm meeting Brian and Jordan down there in Indianapolis. I got about another hour and a half till I'm there. Um... I want to come at you guys with kind of an update podcast here. I got some things to talk about regarding the 2022 hunting season, how that went, the opportunities on the 15 acres, uh, etc. You guys already heard about deer camp up at the belly of the beast. Um, I also want to talk about like things that I learned personally that I've been thinking a lot about to set up my property and anybody with kids uh, can maybe benefit from because I, I could have used some extra setups if you will and then also talk about 2023 some projects that are on my list here in january um you know to fit in in between the land plan customers that we're kicking off so thanks for all thanks for coming if you have not listened before we are here to become better habitat managers that's our goal it's always been our goal we want to learn and become better habitat managers with you guys so uh, this episode, I want to thank Matt Musselman over at Legendary Forest Products. So guys, Matt is a new partner as of about three four months ago. He is already booking up jobs for 2023 uh, faster than we anticipated. So a lot of you listeners that have called him, thank you very much. Call him, tell him Habitat Podcast sent you if you're interested in getting your woods worked on. Um... I know, I know I need him bad up at the, nor- at the northern 70s. So if you, you know, could see too far in your woods this fall and the deer hunting was not what you wanted it to, 
to be, um, give Matt a call, give us a call with the land plans. We will help you out and take care of you. So Matt's already booking up. He's had um, probably a half dozen listeners calling and book up already. So thank you guys for, for that who have called Matt. Look him up, Legendary Forest Products on Facebook. And um, be sure if you are interested in getting your woods cut, give him a call now because I reached out to my forester before I knew Matt about 15 to 16 months ago and my woods are not cut yet and they might not be cut till this year uh, this summer based on the update I'll give you guys shortly point is if you're thinking about getting it done get on the ball now you can always push out if need be but getting in the schedule with Matt or whoever you use is important so that's Matt Musselman legendary forest products tell them habitat podcast sent you if you are one of the folks who are on our land plan list for 2023, you either have gotten emails or will start getting emails or calls from us to schedule your visit. Thank you all who have signed up so far. We still have some openings left. Um, I know Jesse, our Iowa land plan, um, HP land manager just got done with a plan in Nebraska or a visit, I should say. We're working on the plan now. So, um, that's a pretty sweet piece out there that he just went and visited. Brian's headed up to New York here soon. It is that time of year, guys. So if you're interested, you've been thinking about it, reach out. Habitatpodcast.com slash landplans. There's a link in the show notes uh, as well. So now, without further ado, I'm going to get right into the podcast here. I do want to thank the rest of our partners. I want to thank Vitalize Seed Company. Realtree United Country Land Pro Lake States Realty and Auction, First Light, Endless Horizons Archery, Legendary Forest Products, Morse Nursery, and Packer Max Call to Packers. All right, so like I said, here we go. First off, ATA show, they let in what they call the press, which is, I guess, Brian and I were the press tomorrow. So we'll be going in there tomorrow for a full day at the ATA trade show. That's the Archery Trade Association for those who do not know or have not been. It's an industry-specific trade show for vendors and companies and manufacturers all within the archery or hunting industry. We've been going for years. It's a a great event. I have a lot of friends that go and we get to see them and hang out. Um, But the cool thing is there's a lot of new products and this is where the new products are debuted. So for instance, I know there's a brand new trophy line saddle hunting platform that came out. I'd be very curious to take a look at that. I know Lone Wolf tree stands, they came out, no, I'm sorry, it was XOP. XOP came out with a new climber that looks very slim and you know easy to fit on, the back, on your back or backpack. Um, it looks like the old Lone Wolf hand climber, if any, any of you have one of those or know what that is, but I think it's slimmed down even more. So, I know we're going to try to talk to the ranch ferry when we're there and say hi to Troy. Um, I just know that if there's anything you guys want to see or hear about from us, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Habitat Chat. The group there, I'll put an ATA post up there uh, tonight. And then if anybody wants to comment on that, things they want to see more of, get on there quick before we're done. And we'll try to give you the lowdown on any new product. Um, 
any new companies you want to hear from. You know, we're also looking for more partners, so we're going to be doing some of that. But if there's anybody that, you know, you want to hear from in an interview, I tend to find a few great interview guests here at the show, too. So let us know. That'll be in Habitat Chat Facebook group. It'll be a, a post about the ATA trade show. Anything you guys want to see or hear, we would be happy to check out on your and our behalf. So now that that's out of the way, I'm going to the trade show. I've been thinking a lot about the 2022 hunting season and kind of what I learned. Um, I don't have it all written down. There were some things that I should have written down over the last month that I've been thinking about that I didn't. But I kind of want to go through the season a little bit, talk to you guys about it, and, and kind of explain uh, some of the things that I want to change up for, for next year due to this weird weather year that we had. So I know a lot of guys killed great deer. I know, you know, the warm weather in November didn't screw everybody up, but um, it sure did throw a lot of people for a loop based on the people that I talk to and the circles that I run in. Um, personally, October was fun. I, I've taken my kids out a lot this year. I took my son out probably six times, and he's four years old. Um, I took each of my daughters out at least once. They're getting a little older now. They got a bunch of sports and, and stuff that they're into too. But October was fun. The weather's warm. It's a great time to get your kids out. Now, I didn't shoot any deer in October with the kids like I would have liked to. Just um, didn't didn't make it happen. The, the deer weren't in range of the ground blinds, etc. Um, my son's kind of loud. You know the drill. But I did have a great weekend hunt. It's actually just like two hunts down at my friend Steve's house in southern, his cabin in southern Michigan. Um, I mentioned this in an intro before, but I, I ended up missing a doe with my brand new bow, the no peep sight setup. And then like five minutes later, I thought I hit her, but I wasn't sure. Five minutes later, I had a very nice eight point, probably 125 inch eight point standing there at about 100 and, I'm sorry, at about 30 yards. He came into like 24 yards. I could see him, but it was it was getting a little bit dark and I just didn't have the, the, uh, the feeling, the good feeling like I need to take this shot and, and make this happen. It's just too many questionable things and um, I just shot the, at that deer beforehand. So I, kinda, I backed off. Well, that ended up being like my, one of my best opportunities of the year with a nice mature Michigan buck. And it was in October, that was pretty cool. So, you know, I wanna thank Steve for having me out. Um, we tried to put something together in, in muzzleloader, couldn't make it happen, but hopefully we get to do that again soon. He's got a beautiful place down there and um, it was a nice buck. So that happened, I think, third week in October. A week prior to that, I was hunting my 15 and I did have a nice nine point come out just after dark. Um, I was getting down out of my tree stand and I could hear some deer off to my north where I thought were deer. And by the time I got back to the truck, I looked at my cell phone and my you know, cell cameras were going off, the renders were going off. And I'm like, oh man, that was a nice buck. He was like 60, 70 yards away as I was packing up. Well, I was, 
I'm happy to say that I was able to get down and get out of there without screwing anything up. I was very quiet and just, you know, working on my, my skills as, you know, setting up the, the saddle, the platform, all of that. <laughs> what was interesting was by the time I got back to the truck, that buck had been chased off by three coyotes running in circles in my food plot like 70 yards away from me. I had no idea. I had the trail cam pictures to prove all of this. I get back to my truck, I get in, I fire it up, I start to drive away, I'm looking at my pictures, and I could not believe it. It was a nice nine point. I, you know, 10 minutes earlier would have been awesome. Maybe I'd have seen him and grunted at him, I don't know, but. And by the time I got back to the truck, three coyotes ran him off. And those sons of guns have been living on the 15 all year. Um, I think it probably had a little bit to do with with deer sightings. I mean, I saw a bunch of deer. I shot a nice doe out there with my son. And there were great daylight pictures of some really good bucks um, later in October. But the, I have more pictures of coyotes than anything. And I think that when you build really good habitat, you attract, well, you attract our target animals, which are, I guess, prey, right? And then you, so here come the predators next. Um, I know a lot of people I talk to, Corey, he's got raccoons everywhere, coyotes. So anywho, that was kind of a cool encounter, cool, not cool, that, you know, I have three coyotes living near the 15, chasing the deer around all year long. I'm gonna try to get somebody out there to take care of, excuse me, take care of those here here soon. This is, I'm reminding myself right now to do that. So, um, mid-October kind of came and went with, with those two encounters. Late October, I had some sales meetings and um, a national sales conference. And wouldn't you know, while I'm at the dinner for this conference, I'm getting daylight buck pictures. And then the next morning in the training, daylight buck pictures. Oh, that one was a hard pill to swallow. Um, I'm still still bummed about it. I mean, one was a nice 11 point and one was another 9 point. I would have shot both deer. Saying I would have been there, I'm pretty sure I would have been there based on the time of the year it was. I wouldn't have been at work. And, man, just a, a great evening, a great morning opportunity as some very nice deer on the 15, and I was stuck at work. So... That one hurt, and that was, you know, those were two of my great chances on the 15. I had some other daylight pictures. Um, I did go back in there on my way home from Illinois, and I saw some other deer, but it was warm, it was windy, etc. in early November. So those were some good opportunities in October that, that I had that I, I didn't capitalize on, and I'm bummed I, that I didn't. Um, I, you know, I shot a nice doe with my son out there. I got my kids out. I had a great time doing that. So I'm not chalking October up and November up or the season even as a bad season. I ended with four deer in the freezer, but man, when you're, when you're hunting those mature bucks, you got to capitalize when the time's right. And, um, so yeah, kind of, kind of a, le a lesson there is just Look at the past trail camera history, know when you need to be there, and if you can get work off, get work off. Man. Uh, so, anywho, that was 
that was Michigan through, you know, gun season pretty much. Brian and I did go to Illinois. We do go to Illinois. Um, it's Brian's first year down there. I've been down there two other years to my buddy Jordan's place. And, again, Brian was there for seven days before I got there. He never saw a mature buck. It was pretty warm. And then I got there. I hunted three days and took off. There was just, it was 70 degrees and super windy. We're talking November 1st through the 4th, and I uh, I went home early. I mean, I couldn't believe I was doing that. It was like my one week I took off ahead of time to really focus, and it just didn't line up. So I kind of think in there, too, and I go back and forth on this every year. I go, all right, I'm just going to take long weekends, or I'm going to take a full you know, week off and have 10 days to hunt. I guess it all I guess it all depends. For like Iowa and what now when the tag comes every four to five years, I think I'm still gonna do like the ten day straight thing, but for everything else within an eight hour drive or so, I don't know, the long weekend, if the weather's not right, don't go. You know, figure something else out. Move your vacation if you can. I mean you guys know all this stuff already, but it's just some stuff that I learned and I'm like, man, I really put all my eggs in the basket. And by the time, you know, mid-November was here, I used up a lot of my my time away from work and even more importantly, time away from home and the wife and the kids. So that was a kind of a learning experience for me there to, um, that I should have maybe went three or four days here at a time. Hindsight's always 20-20. These are just my thoughts after this year has come and gone and how it played out. So... That brings me to gun season. You guys, if you heard the, the podcast episode of Deer Camp, you heard uh, you heard us get into the beers and tell hunting stories about all the snow and the deer. And um, I've been monitoring trail cameras up there since, well, since summer. And that property has some great potential. So I'm really excited to get going on some projects there, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, I did have a good late season in December, and so Corey and I, we got out to his his property where he works on the antlerless harvest for the farmer himself. Ended up, we got seven in one night. That was pretty awesome. I took two. He went on a rampage, got a bunch more, and then I, uh, we you know we we took deer home and gave deer away, and don't we donate most of them to the Hungary at, at uh, the Jerome meat market. But basically that was a fun night. My son was there with me again on that one. So he got to be with me while I went, while I shot three deer this year at four years old. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so that was fun. And then I got out again with my daughters, Ava and Harper, both one more time. And then Harper and I saw like a little five point and a doe at a lease property I have. Um, closer to home and that was really about it um, and then they you know kind of just hunted a couple more times after that not too much and then um, really just spent more time up north at the cabin with the family on the northern 70s so it was it was a good season um, I said going into the season when I talked with Al on that podcast we did I was going to relax have a good time and you know just hunt with the family and and really not let the big buck thing get to me too bad. And, and I did that. Um, now that season's over, the big buck thing is kind of 
haunting me a little bit, but I just, I don't like missing out on, on opportunities. So that's, you know, it's going to drive me to do better for next year and, and make sure I capitalize. But as far as filling the freezer, having a great time with friends and family, that box was checked twice. So that was a great season, and I hope you guys had the same kind of season. Uh, let's see, moving along here. Next, I want to hit some things I learned in addition to what we already covered here. This year had a lot of southerly, southerly winds, southwest winds, southeast winds. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but by me, I had more south winds than ever this year. A customer of mine was telling me it might be from... It's that, it's that type of year, like a El Nino versus El Nina. I don't know. I haven't dug into what that even means, but a warmer year, which we did see in November. It was very warm. So, you know, warm fronts are usually a south wind. That makes sense. What I'm getting at is I need more spots that accept a south wind. I'm always hoping to hunt the cold fronts on a north wind or a west wind, northwest wind even. But when you don't get those... And you got to have these other spots. And my 15, I just I just have it set up most of the time for something with a north or a west, which limited me out there this year. Let alone having a having a little kid with you. So I kind of have a, a two a two parter here. I want to add more ambush points on the north border of my property, which I typically don't walk into very often. I leave it. It's a nice thicket where my property joins my neighbors and I kind of just leave it because you don't need to walk all over your property and you don't need to give it all to yourself. You, I give a lot of my property to the deer, the majority of it, for pressure, which we've talked about a hundred times. But I could have used at least one spot over there, a bulletproof spot with a blind for the kids and myself. I, that would have that benefited me greatly so this year one of my projects will be to get myself a bulletproof spot probably a ground blind on a platform or just a blind on a platform for that matter uh, brushed in real well with bulletproof access from my neighbor he lets me walk in on that side so I'm gonna make that a goal because I don't want any excuse not to be able to get out there and if I gotta bring the kiddo along, I wanna be concealed and I want the spot to be good, right? I don't just want a kind of a BS ground blind spot to go bring the kids. Um, I'm gonna move in tighter. They know how to be quiet, they're doing great, and I think it's time to, to dial that in to the next level. So something with a, a southerly wind, access from the north, and then more blind locations. Um, I just always hunt from a tree. I either saddle hunt, I climb, I have stands. I don't like sitting in blinds. I can't see as well. Uh, I just feel like, I don't know, I like being out in the weather for the most part. And, and I don't know, I just, I don't usually have blinds. I don't own a ton of blinds, but now I'm going to make that investment, do the work and have at least one to two more spots on the 15 dialed in for a blind that was a big that was probably like my main 
learning point was, man, you are not prepared for kids and a south wind. At least not like you should be. And at least not to try to kill the type of deer that I want to kill. So that was important to me. Another one was access. So I mentioned this lease I have closer to home. It's a 40 acre field. It's a 40 acre parcel with like a 38 acre field. And once it's cut, the access is terrible. The deer bed right in those field edges in the woods where it meets the neighbor's property on both sides. And how do you get there? You walk across the field. Well, I took my dad out there gun hunting one time and we got out there super early because I knew the access was bad. We got out there at like 12.30 or one. Well, we, we went out there and we spooked like 15 deer right in the field edge that were bedded. I've never seen so many deer get up out of a woodlot. And man, they just all ran away. Um, but we were out there early enough to where I thought, well, maybe some will come back or maybe we, you know, we have some more in the area that, that did not get spooked. And that was the case. My dad had a great 75 yard shot at a nice doe um, that evening and that worked out. So that's one way I can fix the access on that lease is by just getting out there early enough. Or maybe if I get an e-bike, I can rip across that field and not look like a human. But I'm really gonna try to talk with a farmer and see if he can leave some standing corn along the edges um, or along the back. You know, harvest the majority up front and see if I can either offer him some cash or something to leave a screen up. Um, I don't know if he'll want me planting a screen in there or not because he does spray for his beans and uh, I think this next year will be corn so if he can just leave two three rows of corn I'd be super happy so that's kind of one thing I'm working on there kind of got that in the back of my head how do I fix the access on that property and then in doing so it kind of goes back to the, the ground blind thing with the kids I want to have more bulletproof spots to get into on that piece too in case I sell the 15 or in case we can't make it to the 15 in time I want to have just more bulletproof, higher quality spots for the kids with the blinds. And it doesn't always go hand in hand to kill a mature buck in a ground blind with a little kid in Michigan, <laughs> but I'd rather have them with me than not. So I think it's pretty cool they want to come hunting. So that's kind of a couple things that I learned this year that I really am taking to heart and just really kind of haven't forgot about. I'm gonna keep running the cell cameras, the renders like I do. Um, I keep running the mock scrapes, very important. And keep planting Vitalize. I'm gonna plant more Vitalize this year than ever. I couldn't believe how attractive that was. You've heard me say that many times. Um, amazing. There will be, I'm gonna double down on the Vitalize and try to expand food plots. So kind of getting into my projects for 2023 now. The 15 acres, if you guys have listened long enough, you know that when I first bought it, the first month I owned it, I went in there with a, a skid steer and a, and a brush hog, and we brush hogged everything down we could and made big, wide open food plots. Well, it was before I knew any better. So I spent the next four years letting it all grow in around there. You know, everything's getting tall, the brush is getting tall, my shrubs, apple trees, chestnut trees. Everything's grown up now. Um, and I think I need to push into the cover on the edges a little bit more to get a little bit more food out there. 
you know, I, they eat me out of house and home at the 15, and I'm, I'm going to kill more does too, so that's on the list, but I want more food, so I'm going to expand the food plots as much as I can without giving up any cover that hides my access. Um, I have really good access on the 15, and I want to keep that by creating, you know, keeping the buffer between my food and, and my access. So that's important. I'm going to do that, but I also I want to get more food in. So I'm going to, I'm I'm buying a tractor um, here in 2023, going down to uh, Al's farm in, in Southern Ohio. Going to buy his old tractor from him. And then I'm going to get to work on expanding those food plots. I got some autumn olive out there that I need to get rid of and, and open up just like the plantable acreage, if you will. Um, another thing about the food plots, even like the hinge cut trees and the, the maples and the cherries and everything that's still left that I haven't cut too hard yet are growing up super tall along the south edge of all my food plots. So, I made this little kill plot. There's a video, I believe it's on YouTube, of a, of a little staging area kill plot I made that leads out to my main food plot. I made it two years ago. Hinge cut all around it, opened it up, planted it this year. It worked perfect. Every deer that came from my neighbors went to that little spot first and walked through a little gap I made at 20 yards. They were all does. I was waiting for a buck, so I didn't take any of them, but the plan worked. The problem is it's getting too shaded already, like two years later. So I need to get the saw out and open up the south side of my plots uh, again this year. So that's like on the January list. That's on like this month. I'm going to be doing that sometime soon. Maybe even this weekend I'll get out there with the saw and, and cut some. I just need to open up more sunlight from the south side which is where the sun comes from. And then, you know, what that's going to do as well, probably be hinge cutting most of it. I'll fell the bigger trees and hinge cut the smaller trees on top of it. Um, and that what that will also do is I access on the south side too. So that'll even create a thicker barrier between my access and these food plots. Um, that's kind of a big project. The 15 has a lot of, you know, I've put a lot of work in that in the last five, six years, well, five years. So I really just maintaining at this point some of these projects, including that one. So I'm also going to cut cut more bedding areas. So I did some hinge cutting in certain areas where there's a little bit of an elevation. My, my property is very flat, but where there's an elevation, I hinge cut on top of those. I'm gonna do more of that because the deer are using them and I wanna make it even thicker and nastier. I said this many times, most people don't cut enough, uh, myself included. If you've seen some properties like my friend Alan's property or my friend Jake's property, when they cut, they cut hard. And uh, like Jim Ward's stuff, those guys cut. So I'm gonna do some more of that, create more bedding slash cover on the 15 with the saw. So that's gonna be fun this year. I'm gonna um, go back in my eight acre woods. I'm gonna make sure all the maze and pocket effect I like back there is still open. Sometimes you have to go in and manicure these areas because you'll have a down tree, you'll have whatever, a big branch that falls across it and deer will stop using it. Well, if you don't go in there and clean that up, you might never even know that that happened and then you're kind of missing out 
you know, over time. So I'm going to do a, a walk back in the eight acre woods and make sure that is all looking good back there as well. Um, I already mentioned the north side tree stands and blinds I'm going to have. That's very important, and I want that on the 15. So that was already covered. Um, another new thing might be might be uh, hopping on a new lease closer to home. Again, I'm thinking if I sell the 15, I want to have something that I can hunt and work on until my new property my dreams pops up you know the the listings are popping up right now but they are so expensive and they're i mean for what's out there too i haven't found the diamond in the rough that i want yet so i want to be able to have some stuff so a couple friends of mine from motivated to hunt bob and pat they're on a lease and i walked this with bob already and gave him some advice i think two years ago um so that might be opening up some new opportunity there closer to home on a nice piece. I think it's, I think it's close to 100 acres. Um, it's got a real nice thick swamp in the middle of it, etc. So that's kind of exciting. I'm liking new projects. New projects are getting exciting to me at this point, and that does go for the Northern 70 too. So that would be cool. Get out there with Bob and Pat, put in some new food plots with the tractor, um, you know, and just join and hunt with a new group of guys while while I look for my my next project, my next real big project. Um, so that I'm excited about that. That might happen. We're not sure yet. We haven't talked details, but it's looking like it might be an opportunity. Um, next, I want to give you guys an update on the Northern 70. So I was just up there over New Year's. You know enjoying the winter time uh, last weekend as well I was up there and just taking some pictures for an article I'm writing and I was uh, I said man I gotta get those trees cut so I followed up with a logger again this week he said he's thinking the northern 70 I'm sorry the forester not the logger we don't have a logger yet the forester um, He's thinking this is a summertime harvest property only based on some of the wet spots where the water's coming out of the ground, spring fed area. Because um, even in the wintertime, it doesn't freeze because it's spring fed. So he's thinking summertime when it's all dry and he's talking to a few logging companies he's been working with and they're gonna get out there on the property soon to generate some interest. I don't know when, I've asked him when, I'm trying to figure out when and just stay on this. Um, I, this needs to get cut in 2023. It, it needs to. I, I don't want to go another year without it getting cut and just not being able to do what I want to do and sit back and wait. I'm not. I'm a pretty patient guy, but like when there's all this habitat stuff that you could be doing, um, and then you, your your hands are kind of tied because you know I need infrastructure. I need trails. I need roads. I need a means to get around, and I don't want to make a bunch of sweet bedding areas and then the loggers come in and drop you know 100 year old maple trees on top of them and just blow everything up so i'm trying to do it this way hopefully we get cut this summer and then what I'm, my plan is with the proceeds from the cut get as much of the heavy lifting done as i can with either their equipment 
or with my tractor and a skid steer or a rented dozer. Um, those are my options. You got a lot of work to do on that on that Northern 70. It's kind of interesting because the Northern 70 is like a blank slate. And I know there are nice Michigan eight point bucks using that property. So I'm like, I'm really excited, but the amount of work ahead of me is a big pile. And just like a lot of you guys, the listeners, we have a lot of habitat things on the list to do. And uh, man, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun over the next, you know, five years working hard up there. So he's thinking summertime harvest. I'm gonna have them carve out some food plots. It might just be where the landing decks are. And then in addition, I'll go carve up my own later with a skid steer. Um, I wanna get as much food on that property as I can because up in that area, the food is lacking. There's clear cuts and there's native browse, which is as beneficial, if not more, but it's, it's very monotonous and there's no rhyme or reason to, for a deer to get within bow range in such a vast area. So that's where I'm going to kind of bring the icing on the cake with some vitalize and some other things. But I need to get that cutting done first. Um, what's interesting, again, I just mentioned all the work on the Northern 70. It's like a large scale of work versus the 15 where it's all been very tight. I'm limited on space. I'm I'm literally creating these funnels. So for me to get to that point in the 70 is gonna be a while. So it's just kind of an interesting thought process of the 15, I'm literally dialing things down to the yard and the at the 70, I'm dialing things right now at like a 30,000 foot view. So it's like a 30,000 foot view versus like a microscope on the 15, if that makes any sense. It's just kind of interesting. So I like that, that I'm able to to have to, to know what to do in both spots based on everything I've learned and, and I have the confidence that I know what needs to go there to make that a great northern Michigan property. That's kind of some of the projects I have coming up. I mean, we have a bunch of land plans we're doing. I'm going to start traveling here very soon to the ones in Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, um, like I mentioned. So those are always fun for me too. Get to see some friends, see some. You got, you got a repeat client this year going back for his other parcel. Um, appreciate that, Josh. And then uh, you know the new people I get to meet. I talked with one of them, Casey. Appreciate you. Talked to him on the way down here today to the trade show for like an hour. So guys, great. You know, I love springtime. It's a busy time in the habitat woods, and I can't wait to to get after it. Now, if there's any you know, anything more you guys want to hear about? I know I did a post last year in Habitat Chat. We're gonna get some new types of episodes up. Um, we're gonna we're gonna interview some successful land plan clients. Um, I think I, I have a cool series I'm gonna launch or start recording and then launch. I have to I have to get it lined up though and get some episodes recorded. Something different that you guys haven't heard from us. And then if there's any, you know new partners or, or guests that you guys want to hear from hey man tag us tag us on facebook tag us on instagram you know shoot us a message you know if you think this 
you know, person A in Kentucky is an awesome guy, needs to be interviewed, let me know. Um, I have kind of this list in my head that of people that I've wanted to reach out to, and I, and I continually go down that list. But sometimes I want to hear from the listeners too and see I could I could definitely be missing someone and or missing something. So if there's anything you guys want to see more of or hear more of, please let me know. Well, that's really all of what I had for today. I just want to kind of give you guys an update on the season, on the projects coming up. I know Brian is on a new lease with Al um, next to Al's farm. So they got some cool stuff going on there. And then he's got his new lease in Ohio as well. So you'll be hearing some more from him, seeing some more from him. And, you know, it's time to get to work. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who comes out and listens to the podcast. And we will be back next week. I have some awesome episodes coming up. Got a guy from Minnesota we're bringing on. Um, another guy from 20 Acres in Michigan who killed like 170-inch deer two years ago on there. He's coming on. Um, some really good episodes coming up. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with another one soon. Take care, y'all. Thank you so much, listeners, for coming and listening once again to the Habitat Podcast. We really appreciate it. If you could, please do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. If you type out something nice, I will send you a free Habitat Podcast decal. If you haven't been to our website, habitatpodcast.com, we have our Habitat property consultation services on there under the land plan tab. Check out our HP land plans there. We also have hats, t-shirts, and decals up at habitatpodcast.com. Of course, all of our podcast episodes. And then we have a new Habitat Podcast journal where you can learn about deer anatomy and some cool thoughts, um, you know, more of a blog post from us every now and then. We'd really love it if you went over to our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, found the Habitat Podcast, and please subscribe. That really helps us. And thank you very much to our sponsors. I'd like to thank Vitalize Seed Company at vitalizeseed.com. Packer Max Cultipackers. Exodus Trail Cameras. Michigan Whitetail Pursuit. Endless Horizons Archery. Morse Nursery. Afflictor Broadheads. First Light. Realtree United Country Land Pro Lake States Realty and Auction. Legendary Forest Products. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers. Mm -hmm.